think I remembered it. And what? That's our cue. good times that was that was exciting like i haven't actually I heard fun. it piped through uh live and stuff that's that was actually awesome Ooh, it made me feel good um welcome to comics on comics we, we are recording live in hollywood california at the improv at the lab at the improv and today i've got um three awesome people three great friends um we have the crew from uh the crew formerly known as family <laughs> comics um uh, now known as Fan Base Press. You got it. Right? That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. we've got um, Barbara, Bryant, and Drew here. Um, Barbara, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, sure. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Barbara. Ooh, what? <laughs> there we go. Uh, I am Barbara Dillon. I am the editor-in-chief, formerly, of Fanboy Comics, now of Fan Base Press. And uh, I do a lot of things. <laughs> I manage all of our contributors and staff members and all of our news media podcasts whatnot and i'm also the producer on all of our graphic novels and other uh content sweet yes and uh brian what do you do well um i don't know what i do i'm technically the president sit back and collect the fat checks i believe yeah, pretty much you know <laughs> I, I take the credit um no i mean i, I guess i have pretty much a hand uh, in almost every aspect there are a few things that barbara handles completely herself but but both of us, as uh, co-founders of the company, pretty much uh, handle everything from uh, you know editing podcasts to developing projects with uh, artists and writers to just the daily maintenance of the site. So sweet. And Drew, I mean, clearly they do everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when you are, I'm just riding ass, in their wake, is what I'm doing. Is that all right? <laughs> That's all I'm doing. <laughs> so and, and other than that, what else do you do over there? Um, I co-host the podcast with them as well as Claire mm. Thorne. Um, I've been doing well. This past year, I did the Back to Back to the Future, a little retrospective yes. on Back to the Future. Um, I'm kind of the Doctor Who expert, so I do the reviews that is there. True. So yes. Yeah, Drew is our encyclopedia of comic book knowledge. So okay. anytime we have a question about what what really is canon, <laughs> we ask Drew. Mm, yes. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, you did do the the Back to the Future. Yes. Um, it was once a month, mm-hmm. right? Like on the twenty eighth, twenty first. On the twenty yeah. first of mm-hmm. every month, you put something out. What? What? So what did you do? So um, Sam Levine and I went to different locations where they filmed Back to the Future, and we did like a couple minute video. Um, and, you know, just kind of talking about, oh, this scene was filmed here, a little behind-the-scenes thing or whatever was going on that, again, my encyclopedia knowledge was like, well, this is something you didn't know. Mm. Um, And then I had different contributors write um, an essay each month uh, to go along with it of, like, what Back to the Future means to them. So one was talking about how he used um, a Doc Brown impersonator and hired a DeLorean lookalike to propose to his now wife huh. um, one was talking about riding the Back to the Future ride and how that changed his life one talked about how his mother refused to see it because it insinuated that a white boy invented rock and roll and how he's <laughs> as an adult had to kind of merge these this fandom and this kind of weird thing that it did that you mm-hmm. know and, and it was really interesting and yeah it was a lot of, it was a very fun project to do so wh- where were you October 21st um, I went to um, at at CityWalk. They played the marathon, um, so I was like, I got to do uh, that. The video we did was uh, we got invited to actually go to Universal Studios at mm. the Clock Tower. So we got that, and we got Claudia Wells along for it, and that was really amazing. Awesome, yeah. So you guys are you guys can do this because you guys have you guys are a new site, right? Also, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to being a publisher, we do we have an online conglomerate of geek media. So we do a lot of promotion for other creators. That's a big thing that we're into is promoting and supporting and empowering creators to do what they love. And we do that through re- reviews, interviews, podcasts, basically any outlet that we can provide that gives a voice to other creators. Well, that's awesome. Um, so uh, talk. Let's see. 
what do you guys got coming out this year? You guys have um, the the latest issue of PvP? Yeah, right? it, was, it would actually be the uh, the final issue. Final. And for people that are confusing it, because we call it PvP, which people it's may know another series. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> but, right. But Penguins, ver- Penguins versus Possums is uh, what Juan's referring to. And it's just a, a hilarious, wacky, epic series um, that has been running for, I would say, at least three, three years, years now. Yeah. Um, orig- yeah. Originally, it was le- uh, released issue to issue, and then when the uh, the creators wanted to do a trade for the first four issues, they came and uh, you know joined up with Fanboy Comics. We published their trade, and then we have been releasing issues five through uh, eight, eight being uh, the one that's coming out in the fall. And uh, like, unlike a lot of uh, versus series, we're gonna get an actual, uh, <laughs> an actual ending. That wow. a definitive uh, winner is what we're told. Either, from the either team. the possums, yes, the yes, or yeah. the penguins. And I want to give a, a shout out to the creative crew: Sebastian Kedlecik, uh, John Bring, and Lindsay Calhoun Bring have been doing this for years, mm. and it's their brainchild. They do all of the writing, the art, the editing, everything, and it's uh, to give the. The elevator pitch, it's about a war that's been going on since the dawn of time. But under our noses, mm. we haven't heard about this war, but it's escalating to the point that uh, it's it's leading to the Battle of Armageddon. And despite what everyone may have heard, it will be fought by penguins and possums. <laughs> all of humanity will have to choose a side. So wow. It's amazing. And, okay. it, and it will all culminate in this, in this very last... issue. Now, is it going to be polybagged? Am I getting stickers? <laughs> you know, no, no, a, we're a, not going to do no, no gimmicks, no, no. no metallic covers or anything. Just great story content and art. Yes, but okay. it's, it's going to be a kind of a double-sized issue. It will be, yes. It's yes. a giant-sized <laughs> yes. penguin versus it'll possums. Be extra, extra large, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be a fifth-week comic. Come on, we just there's yeah. all these things that'll be... Exactly. That'll, that's awesome. Um, and I believe I remember uh, when I was on your show last, you guys had the prototype little figures. Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Right? PvP minis. Yes, we yes. had the PvP minis so that you could wage your own war at home. What? Yes. So we had penguins and possums. Yeah, everyone needs a penguin with a jetpack. Yes. Well, but, right, you know. who doesn't? I mean, after after Batman Returns, I, that's one of the things <laughs> I wanted. I agree. Right? I agree. He, uh, penguin knew it was up. He had a du- he had been hoarding the penguins with jetpacks, and yeah. Batman put an end to that. Yes. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you guys also uh, in the past have done radio dramas, audio dramas. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and you guys did uh, some small little book that no one's really ever heard of, right? Yeah. Was it the 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 gourmet or something? Yes, so we you know? we adapted the uh, the Hunger Games. Hunger books. Games, yes, yes, into audio drama format. It was uh, well over sixty episodes, each one ranging from about a half an hour to an hour in duration. Full cast of characters, score, soundtrack, everything. So wow. Yeah. Um, and you guys are continuing with the audio dramas. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, an adaptation of Robert J. Peterson, who I believe you have had on the show a few yes. times. Um, he Great friend is of the a, show. a incredibly geeky individual that's just awesome to, to hear talk about any subject, but he also is a very talented writer. He's uh, written several novels, one being The Odds, which is this post-apocalyptic like action comedy, uh, sort of in the vein of uh, Big Trouble in Little China meets like Mad Max. And uh, we just loved the book. Uh, we had reviewed it at our site, and uh, he asked us um, if we would consider it for uh, adapting it as an audio drama after he saw and, and participated in the Katniss Chronicles. And uh, we were super excited to do so, and we've been, uh, we've been in the writing stage for, I would say, uh, a good five or six months at this point. Mm. We're uh, getting close to wrapping up uh, the final episodes, and we'll be moving to the casting stage. Uh, but it's it's just going to be fantastic. We can't wait to share what we've been uh, building with everyone, and and the story and the characters are just they're out of this world, but charismatic and and weird. But I, I just I can't wait to share it with everyone. And we hope to bring Drew with us because uh, it, little known fact, Drew was like the Bill Paxton of uh, the Katniss <laughs> I, Chronicle. I I, keep, uh. I kept dying like five or six if times. You need yeah. someone to die <laughs> in an audio format. Okay, Drew's your, guy. Drew's your man. Drew, Drew Wilhelm is his name. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know. I guess you could be the uh, the audio drama Sean Bean. Also. <laughs> there, there you go. You will, not, you will not survive. So you're, so whoever he plays, spoiler alert, in, in the odds, you know he will die. die. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he'll only live if it's a twist. <laughs> oh, okay. At the end, it'll be a twist ending. So, you know, what what's the process like? You, you were, you know, uh, Bob said, hey, can you do this? And you guys are like, sure. You guys receive the work. And 
how do you then begin to convert that? Sure. Uh, so we are currently in the writing phase right now. Uh, Bob, we are so excited because, of course, for the Katniss Chronicles, we did not have the lovely Suzanne <laughs> Collins to adapt no. with us. Mm. Um, but we do have Bob Peterson to adapt uh, the odds with us, which is wonderful to be able to kind of rebuild the world with the original author. Okay. Um, but we're also working with Sam Rhodes, who is a, a co-founder of Fanboy Comics and former creative director. And Bryant is also writing as well. I am along for editing and producing purposes so it's wonderful to be able to be in the creative space as they're adapting uh, and fascinating to watch but mm. then uh, once everything is locked in we will move to the casting phase uh, Sam will be our intrepid uh, director and editor and he does a sound amazing, engineer uh, sound engineer everything yeah. mm. so and then we will release and it and it's, it operates very much like a, uh, a TV writing room at least what I would imagine of uh, we we are talking about the overall picture and and things that need to connect but uh the episodes are the writing duties are divided up among you know the writing crew and we'll bring those drafts and sort of dissect them and give notes and they go through maybe like three or four uh meetings like that before we get to like a final locked episode so um it's really exciting it can be really time consuming because you're on a constant schedule every week but mm. but uh but the creative energy also you know you get, get to like uh, just that adrenaline rush, you know, and 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 you're excited to dive back in every week. Sweet. Um, so, uh, how long do you think? Like, how many episodes do you think it will be? Is there like, you know, okay, I've got ten chapters, so I'm going to have ten episodes, or it's a hundred pages, so ten pages for one episode. How do you go about breaking apart something Gener- like this? The Adapting the Hunger Games was a little bit easier because we had definitive... Each chapter that Suzanne Collins wrote had a cliffhanger of sorts, so we could determine how in-depth mm. we wanted to go in, in stretching out that chapter. Uh, this is a little bit different um, because there there are three parts to the book, um, so we're kind of building in our own cliffhanger. So I would say overall mm. there will be about 12 episodes. Yeah, 12 to 15. 12 to we're 15 we're kind of keeping it safe because we don't know if there will be a couple episodes added, but... We, I, I, and you tell me if you feel differently about this, but I feel like we really approached it like uh, this one was like if we were going to do like a shortened season, maybe on something like uh, Netflix or, or HBO or something like that. One of these 10 to 12 episode seasons where you really are, are getting a, a streamlined story arc focusing on characters. With the Katniss Chronicles, we were fa- huge fans and we were like, well, let's put it all in. And hmm. now this is much more of a. Uh, an approach of like, all right, well, how is this going to be digested by people that don't know this story, and ha- how long will that go, and and what can we, can, what's marketable for us, you know? So I think uh, twelve to fifteen episodes will be perfect. It's what kind of what people are used to at this point, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, binge watching. We're hoping they will binge listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so absolutely. Well, well, hey, I mean, if it, if anything, serial has proven that right. people will right go crazy. Exactly. Definitely. Um, so. When you guys are, are working with Bob and putting this together, are there times where you guys would go like, oh, you know what, we don't need this character. And he's like, ooh, actually, <laughs> in the third book, it all ties back in, and you can't... Actually, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bob has been extraordinarily gracious in being willing to change anything and everything to the point of changing gender roles of characters. Oh. So it's been fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to give anything away. So okay. uh, he, I will just simply say that he, there may be uh, thematic elements that are very important and that he is very true to getting across, but uh, he's also extraordinarily flexible with the storyline and with the characters and just everything. So, so, so this is a, a, a retelling of, of what the odds is. You know, it's, yeah. it's now it's being filtered through your vision, right? Well, you know what? I, I, it is to a degree, but um, and I totally agree with what every, everything that Barbara's saying. There are a few times where Bob will be like, oh, this was important in like two books down the road, so we mm. might want to keep it if, if we're planning on that. But he has been so open that I would it's not I wouldn't say that it's our retelling as mm-hmm. much as I would say it's Bob's retelling. Okay. Uh, Bob is really uh, been so open about allowing us to play, and we're very. I mean, honestly, the way I think we approach it is like, well, we're we like what you did, Bob. So we want to honor that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, he's been so open with like, oh, this never really worked for me, or this could be tweaked mm. here, or this character could be. I never thought of them this way, and so I feel like he's really leading uh, the charge on what 
re, uh, revamping revisions are happening. But it, it, what is exciting about that is it's definitely an adaptation. The way someone uh, would add, a, you know, adapt something to film or television. There are things that are changing. Characters that are either like becoming one, two characters that become one character, or, or little changes like that. Characters getting different arcs to fill in. Um, so. Uh, It'll be really exciting for people that like the books because it'll be, a, I think, an entirely new experience that will still uh, feel true to the original story. All right. So um, you guys also have uh, The Margins yes. coming out yes. next year. Um, tell us what that is about. Sure. So The Margins is a very exciting story. It's a graphic novel. It's being co-written by Paul Montgomery and David Acampo to brilliant and successful comic book writers that we've been wanting to work with for a really long time and this just finally came together and and we're really excited about it we have a brilliant brilliant artist amanda donahue who it's it's so funny uh i know that you've also worked uh in the comic book industry and you're a filmmaker and and uh to see her thumbnails is Mm. like i can't even voice or articulate it's (laughs) like seeing a finished product and you're like oh my goodness this is brilliant. So I'm I'm very excited to see where it's going. But ultimately, it's it's very meta. It's it's a beautiful story about uh, uh, sort of a taking back to the pulp era, the hmm. pulp stories of swashbuckling heroes. And uh, there's I, I'm trying to think of the elevator pitch for this story. It's it's so intrinsic. It's about uh, ultimately two comic book creators, two young creators in Portland, and they find this old pulp tale and they decide to adapt it into a comic book. Okay. And uh, as they do so, the world of the pulp world and their own world start to bleed together mm. uh, for better or worse, and that's that's kind of where the story takes off. Yeah, it's very, okay. very much about like the creative process and how there is both a, pro- a positive and a negative to how that can take over your life. Mm-hmm. The ways that it can sort of isolate you and 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 keep uh, keep you away from uh, other people, other relationships in your life that might also be important. But also the way that it can be an escape and it can and can be like the the one. The one place that you can be who you want to be and 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 tell the story the way that you want to tell the story and uh, I think you know creators are really going to like it. I think comic book re- readers are really going to like it. And for me, I don't know if you would agree, Barbara, but it's really got elements that strongly make me think of um, uh, fantasy uh, fantasy stories where people are coming from the real world and going into a fantasy world like um, the Neverending Story or uh, Language and Wardrobe. Yeah, 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 any of those. Uh, if you like the elements of that kind of adventure, mm. this is going to be like right up your road. Plus, I'm really excited because it is our first project that has, aside from the Katniss Chronicles, a female lead. So oh, that's true. Yes, very very excited about that. Nice. Yes. Well, you know, we all we all need. Uh, a, a diversity exactly. of, of leads. I Absolutely. think you know that 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 is what we what we all need because you know um, what generally tends to happen is this homogenization for one reason or another. Um, and actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, kind of touching on that point, um, it was about a week ago where there was an editor at uh, Vertigo, Shelley Bond. Mm-hmm. She, you know, after years of dedicated service at Vertigo, um, she was not fired necessarily, but just not, um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but she no longer works there, right. for better or for worse. Politely let go. For, yes, Something you know, like that, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, of course, um, that led a lot of people to tweet about it. And there were there was a lot of innuendo going on. Why would she leave when there are other people who did other things there? Why are they still working there? Eventually, a name came out, um, an editor at DC Comics who was sexually harassing employees. Um, so this came out, uh, what is it, two weeks ago now, almost a week ago? Yeah. Um, did you guys, as a company, cover that story? We did. We actually discussed it on our podcast last weekend, um, yeah. the Fanboy Scoop Weekend Review, which mm-hmm. uh, was our very last episode of the the Fanboy Scoop in that iteration. It is also okay. rebranding to the Fanbase Weekly. Sweet. Just All right. like the big two, we're restarting at number one. <laughs> so uh, absolutely, as everyone you should. can follow along with us. Um, but yes, I believe we, we coined the term "reblanch." Reblanch. Reblanch. Re- yes. All right. So, uh, but yes, we did discuss it. And it's a, a very multifaceted, uh, interesting 
uh, dialogue to be had. So, you know, this is... Generally, we're talking about comic books, right? Yeah, you know, right. Like, sexual harassment isn't something that um, people in our industry are comfortable talking about. Um, that people don't want to associate with Superman and Batman, uh, unfortunately. Uh, this did happen at DC Comics, and it was the editor of Superman. Yes. Um, you know, so when something like that happens... What is your reaction? Like, you know, do you guys have to think, well, we are supposed to be covering comics and it should be ha- happy and light, but then on the other hand, we are human beings and human beings tend to suck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, I guess I could say that. I mean, we are, I, I will say that we don't con- uh, hold ourselves to, to the standard of like having to cover every news story that is out there. I mean, we're much, most of our coverage on our site is reviews and, um, opinion pieces, uh, interviews, things like that. But we do get into this nitty-gritty on our on our podcast. And so I think that's where uh, we would consider discussing it. I'm usually the one that selects the initial topics and sends them to our group uh, to get any feedback before we go ahead, um, if necessary. But this was a story we definitely talked about. Um, for me, and I, you guys can answer on, on your own, um, but for me, the way that I feel is like if this is a story that uh, – needs to be discussed then i feel like we should discuss it even if that discussion is going to be ugly or uh is going people are going to have different thoughts on it or or even if it's just not fun you know um i i try to make sure we're not doing stories that are just like uh attack pieces Mm. at people but i don't think that this was in any way that kind of deal this is something there is there is a juxtaposition of the idea that the shelly bond decision didn't exactly have you know exactly inform uh, the dis- the discussion of this editor. It was sort right. of like the editor's name was brought out in reaction. But once the story is on the table, uh, the idea that there are these things going on in DC, one of the biggest, if not, you know, it is one of the two biggest comic book companies out there, representing characters that are supposed to be, you know, these huge uh, iconic pillars of, of value you right. know and, and truth and justice beliefs. and the american way exactly <laughs> I, I think it's it's impossible unless you think that it's not an important story and i i personally i don't want to judge anyone but i don't know how you could think that it's not an important story um right. you have to talk about this this is a problem the female creators specifically in the comic industry are expressing that this is an issue beyond just dc comics and so I think anyone that goes, well, this isn't worth talking about or I don't want to talk about it, you know, that's a personal decision. But then I feel like we're just sweeping it under the rug again. We have a mm. responsibility not to go out and attack, not to, to say things that we are just reacting emotionally, but to consider this story, you know, and go, well, how, how do we feel about this? How am I going to deal with DC Comics, whether I'm a fan or uh, an industry person, whatever, whether you want to work for them, whether you want to continue to buy their comics. But I think, yeah, it's definitely, as with any creator issue, I think it's important to have a dialogue and go, how do we make this better? How do we make this not the way that it is? It, and one of the things that came out, um, and, and you know, not to beat around the bush, it was uh, DC editor um, Eddie Braganza for Superman, um, and uh, one of the things that had come out was that no women were allowed to work in the Superman office. So anything – so for those who don't know, you know, in comic books, the, the families are kind of broken up. So there's the Bat family, and the Bat family will have editors, and the Superman family will have editors, and, you know, Spider-Man will have his own X-Men, things like that. And that's kind of how things are divided. So at DC – for a while, it was an unspoken rule that no women could work on Superman because they would have to then interact with these more toxic elements in in the, in the DC uh, offices. Um, how do you guys think that has affected the character of Superman? And that you know he you know there's no female you know. Oh, I think Energy that's there. extraordinarily yeah. unfortunate. Uh, I also think that bleeds over to the film, but I think that's a whole other issue that <laughs> right. we won't go into right now. Yeah, we um, don't have enough time. No. Um, but, uh, no, I think it's extraordinarily unfortunate. I think that not having a diversity of voice in a character uh, speaks volumes, and I think it's apparent. Especially uh, one as iconic as Superman. Exactly. One that is supposed to be this ideal that we're looking towards, that it kind of stifles him when he's our top character too right and I'm correct me if I'm wrong here Juan uh, 
it's all the Superman books are on the same floor. Or so would that include like Supergirl and and anything that's it? It would, I believe, it would include you know all all super super, super titles, right? right? So mm-hmm. Superboy, maybe some Teen Titans in there. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like so, so it's not just that main book. It's it's several things that are under that banner that are not getting, as far as we know, any female input of any kind. There's right. not there's no there's not a uh, a voice beyond a male voice, you know, right. in that in that room. And and obviously that that one male voice or one of the male voices yeah. in charge of it is a toxic element. Well, yeah, someone someone on our podcast. Uh, uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been our, our, our co-host Claire, but um, one, someone brought up this really good point because uh, we were discussing the element where uh, Heidi McDonald at Comics Beat and I think Rich Johnson at Bleeding Cool had pointed out, like, listen, this isn't something that was necessarily hidden. We reported on it four years ago. Right. He, it's it's been dealt with. This guy was sent to some sort of like training, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so they can't like essentially have a double jeopardy. They can't go, oh, we're going to punish you again for these things that we've already made a decision on. But if you still have to isolate this guy and so that there, is n- right. n- there are no women around him, then the problem hasn't been corrected. That is, it is still an issue. And if, mm-hmm. and if he can't be in an environment where he's interacting with women in an in a, uh, acceptable way, then that is a new issue. That's not the old mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. you know? And Drew, you you haven't been saying much. What, what do you what do you think? Um, well, as they know, I've been a little out of it. My computer broke, so I haven't been keeping up with this news as as much as everyone else. But I mean, I, I would agree that if it's, I mean, it, like Brian was saying, it's it's one thing if it has been dealt with, but if it's if he still can't interact with anyone else, then he is still a problem. You know what I mean? If it's not, if it's if if women aren't allowed to be on there because he's toxic, then he needs to be one that's removed, not the women. Right. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's uh, DC. They've got their own corporate structure, <laughs> mm. Warner Brothers, and how they will deal with it. Um, it just, you know, I guess it's one of people like to tear down social media a lot. But it wasn't until people started tweeting about it, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. until one person literally said the guy's name. You yeah. know, because a lot of people were just like, you know, they don't want to say his name. You know, you don't want to rock the boat. The last thing you like on some level, everybody who works in comics peripherally mm-hmm. wa- wants to work at Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants, you know, one would turn down a chance to write or draw Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. And when you're sitting here and now you're pointing out faults of a major editor, a lot of people think, well, maybe I'm putting my future career at risk by actually saying something. I will say though, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. I I will say I I am one of those individuals that is not the biggest fan of social media. I I feel like it it there are a lot of benefits. It's something that has brought the entire world into a a much smaller microcosm, which is wonderful. Um, But I also think that the medium does not allow for civil discourse, Hmm. and I think that sometimes there can be witch hunts or there can be assumptions made that are not. calmly discussed or perhaps um, fairly discussed and in no way am I condoning or uh, favoring sexual harassment of any kind or in any uh, capacity but um, I do sometimes take pause uh, and need to take pause um, when one individual is so severely attacked um, in mass. Well, I think the problem with that, and we've discussed this a lot, and I mean, this is also sort of in response. I don't know if you've seen this website that recently came up. It was like, I think it's called Comic Creep or Commie Creep or I don't know. It's basically a website where they're listing individuals that have been uh, known for, uh, I think, sexually abusing specifically uh, in the comic industry. And and they're sort of like, the idea of the site is like, oh, we'll post a link on the do not read list, which is like these five or six individuals at this point. And it, it clicks. It, it links to uh, websites that sh- uh, reported on the supposed uh, harassment that they have done. But the the thing that Barbara and I were slightly uncomfortable with is in this situation. I think with with uh, the editor we're speaking of, I don't think that there's anything that's really fuzzy. You know, like everything seems right. to be coming out. DC's not denying it. Everyone seems right. to already know this. And there was a few like public incidences yeah, that happened public, like at WonderCon. Right, right. I think what we get worried is it's very it's very hard to uh, there's no way to control people in any way, and mm. there's no way to know like if 
there is a uh, a mob mentality next time and it's not such a clear issue like will this person's name just be out there and they'll be torn apart you know online um i mean i think it's good that they are putting pressure on dc and that this is going to have some sort of reaction but there have been other cases where it hasn't been i would say as clear cut and Hmm. sometimes people uh they get really adamant about like let's get this person out let's get rid of their job and even with this i mean the thing is i don't think this guy should be working there but that's firing this editor is not going to solve the problem the problem is that dc is allowing an environment like this to exist Mm -hmm. i I would say what them allowing and continuing this to happen is worse than whatever it is he is doing like without if there's no repercussions then they should be held more because most of the women who who have been contacted they're like you know what i'd rather just continue on with my life i don't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. you know and 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 that's fine like you know they they went through some shit and now they're like i don't right they don't have any reason to have to, to exactly like they're not they're, you know they're not you know join out with pitchforks or anything if anything they're like you know do do what you want don't bring me into this mm-hmm. i think it's just uh for me i'm very want to stay away from generalizations and assumptions and so sometimes when there are large social media actions like this um i tend to be more reticent and i tend to want to stay back and learn more about everything that's going on what did actually happen What's going on with DC? What actions are they taking? What have they done already? Um, that's just very important for me. So mm-hmm. I, I, for me, I don't want to tur- want it to turn into the who watches the Watchmen type situation where sure. you know people have the best intentions in mind, but um, where is the the where does it become overreaching? So, yeah. right. Okay. Um, so and there was also another topic um, that I want to talk about. There was um, a. a it came out like last week that um, quietly Marvel was removing Inhumans from their from their list. Right. This True. is one I can talk much more about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what, did you guys cover this topic on your on your? We side? haven't talked about this one yet. You haven't. No, t- okay. No. So um, now. Uh, again, we are just talking about comic books and something that happens in the movies, you know, like you don't want to speculate a lot of. But for something like this, there's been a lot of speculation amongst fans and think for the past year or so that this decision was coming down for various reasons. And it was finally announced that Inhumans is now officially off the schedule. Um, you know, with all the, you know, rumors going on and stuff like that, like, would this be something you guys would even touch like would you guys even talk about this on your site i think we would talk about it i mean we're we're not above talking about something as speculation but um i just think it was like that that week the you know when the when the news came out we focused on on four other stories but yeah we, mm. this is something we would mm-hmm. definitely chat about yeah. so so drew what 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 do you think i was very disappointed in this mm. i was really did you, not, did you not see it coming i did that doesn't mean I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> right, I mean, okay. I, I'd heard the, the rumors coming around, but I was like, no, For like no, three please. years, Drew yeah. has been like, yeah. I, I, I'm waiting for Inhumans. Yeah. Yeah. Inhumans is the one I'm excited <laughs> about. And they just gave me looks, and they're like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, it's going to be great. And yeah, I, I was really disappointed. Um, I just it, It's such a fascinating like culture that they have. And I mean, just... Clearly, in the comics, they've set them up to replace the mutants. You know what I mean? And even in Agents of Shield, they've done that. So they, you know, don't ha- they can have their X Men and not have them at the same time. Um, I was was looking forward to, but now even before this, clearly we weren't going to get into like Son of M and Secret or hmm. Silent War. But I was like, have them versus the, the Avengers? Yes, I want I want the the Inhumans. I want yeah, yeah. Um, and just I mean. Come on, the marketing for that movie writes itself. You they know, have a slobbering dog, like huge bulldog, that with superpowers. Like, right. it, yeah. You know, I think it, for me the disappointment is uh, I have a lot of trust. Whether whether he's easy to work with, I have a lot of trust in uh, in Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. and I think he's absolutely done yeah. a fantastic job uh, setting up his world. It's bizarre to me that like what has been revealed is that there was infighting inside yeah. this cinematic universe <laughs> yeah, and people yeah. were trying to shove their own like <laughs> yeah. properties in there but i'm torn like you mm-hmm. I, I guess i'm i'm not torn like you but yeah. I, i'm i'm torn and can understand you drew because what i what i see is um i see inhumans if they're not ready to make that movie it's a good thing that they're dropping it mm-hmm. from uh, the schedule um but Everything that they set up in uh, agents of shield uh, in regards to the inhumans mm-hmm. and then 
the stuff that could have led into civil war, I hear they're kind of like ignoring and they're yeah. not going to address. And and to me that 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 was dropping the ball. I was disappointed in that because I was like, oh, you have all these power, these people suddenly getting powers, which would feed right into civil war, right. and then they're like, yeah, we're not. going to Well, do and that. you don't have to. I don't want the. I know that. What's sort of been revealed is that the TV shows will always uh, bow to the movies. Mm-hmm. The movies mm-hmm. will get the, the call on that. But the thing that is sad for me not is, is not for Civil War to cater to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think Civil War is going to be much better than Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you've done, they've done such a good job at this point of creating a world that works in all facets. Mm-hmm. And this is one I'm worried about where we're going to be like, oh, yeah. There's always that that point where Agents of Shield did a whole thing about Inhumans, and everyone else was like, mm-hmm. "We're not going to mention those guys." Yeah. Well, so you know, some of the rumors that have been going on, you know, for a while, this was, mm-hmm. you know, this was going to be on the chopping block. That, you know, I mean, Kevin Feige, we trust him implicitly. Mm-hmm. He could announce Spider Ham in Civil War, <laughs> and everyone and go, would cheer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like, oh, dude, totally, Spider Ham, absolutely. Why not? You know. Um, you know and I'm still waiting for Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Oh, abso- oh, dude. Yeah. Who who is it? Like Squirrel Girl versus Galactus? That is going to be the greatest movie. Well, they of don't 2020. have Galactus, huh? Yeah. They don't have Galactus. I'll give them time. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> I know that they eventually will get them back. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Make another Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know. Um, uh, so the rumors have been that Kevin Feige has hated Agents of Shield. Oh really? So, yeah, he's just he, you know he has not liked it, and okay. you know he doesn't care what they're doing. I, personally, from from watching Agents of Shield, like I always thought Agent Ward and Sky were the weakest links okay. in that show, and they've just went whole hog on them, and it's all about them. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? I was hoping for Mission Impossible meets, yeah. sure. you know, that's sure. what I that's what I wanted. That's not what I got. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you probably can acknowledge that even, and because I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more of a fan than you. But I think you and and I have had some discussions in earlier seasons of Agents of Shield. But the thing for me is not that y- you need to love everything, but once it's in the cinematic universe and is attached, like don't deny it is all I'm asking. You know, yeah, and, and it, it, it happened. It right, right, it. except it. I mean, it, it, this is something where like you don't even have to. This could have been a throwaway line in Civil War. Like, oh yeah, and there's like people popping up everywhere you know yeah. like whatever but i guess that's my my thing is even if he doesn't like agents of shield i just want him to be like just accept that it exists somewhere and you don't have to use it much you know right so. uh well so you know one of the things that this then leads to the speculation is you know um sony eventually after saying they will absolutely not ever ever allow Marvel <laughs> to use Spider-Man, yeah. uh, you know, cut to three weeks later, oh, you want to use Spider-Man? <laughs> um, you know, w- one of the things that has been kind of, uh, one of the rumors are is one of the reasons we are getting rid of the Inhumans mm-hmm. is because they're going to be making a deal for the X-Men. Oh, really? Oh. Is that the rumor? R- yeah. I, I so, doubt that. I you highly doubt that. Right. Okay, know. again, that's the same thing we all yeah. would have said about yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, we would have said that about Spider-Man. I, so, but here's I the thing, though. Is, so is, is their <laughs> right? Marvel Studios' relationship with Sony was is it's much tenuous, better but, but, than, than yeah. their relationship with Fox. It's always been... Right, but again, these are people who... Who, want who money. like money? <laughs> yes, I understand. Right? That. The, you, you know, yes. the, the money—they'd be yeah. like five money but, trucks. But Fox has, has done well with the X Men financially. Financially well, but they're, but they're also <laughs> artistically. Oh, oh, well, they're yeah. wrapping up that. I mean, we see like they're coming to the end of this trilogy. They don't seem—they're getting yeah. rid of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like they're coming to this weird point where they're like. Are we going to wrap up this this you know iteration because we've been running since the very first X Men movie and right. now they're doing this reboot and it doesn't I don't know maybe they're going to continue on these characters but and 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 Brian Singer did say specifically about the Wolverine cameo at the end of that trailer is that this is the beginning of the new universe mm-hmm. like okay. that shot was the beat so that's so, th- so these are the iterations of the well, characters that we'll get they have that, they have uh, said that there's gonna be a new adamantium hero so i'm assuming it's like x-23 but they're clearly looking for their next wolverine or Dakin. Like, yeah but like i well i assume they hope i assume they're going oh hey female heroes are working now right you know hollywood is Behind on the times, but they're finally realizing this. Can we but get a new I, rogue? Huh? Can, Can we, we get, get a new rogue? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, we don't know. Everybody. We'll see. I would be really excited about. But that. yeah, I mean, like, and and if you think about it, um, I, I guess it was on the schedule for what 2018, 2019 in humans. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so if you 
if you think about the power of the Infinity Gauntlet for a second, mm-hmm. you know, here he is, Thanos, he's holding the glove, he's doing things left and right, he's bringing all the heroes, mm-hmm. and that is a perfect time to, to merge universes, to bring in the X-Men, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the world is different after they've dealt with Thanos. Mm-hmm. Oh no, all of our universes have been I, I will say, and I know this is totally speculation, but I, I, going on that thought process, I do have to agree, because as much as I love all of the kind of B-level characters that we have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, I'm not sure that anyone is strong enough to carry on when we lose the Tony Stark, when we lose oh, the... You, we're, just, we're just starting. We're going to get Spider-Man. We got Black Panther, Spider-Man, yeah. Vision's yeah. coming up. Scott, we've only, there's yeah. so many that we've and, only and, seen and, in one and film. If, and if anything, Marvel has proven that they don't need the A-list guys. Mm-hmm. They'll turn the C-list into <laughs> yeah. the A-list. Right? Yeah. You know? I hear, no, like... Outside of the comic book realm, no one knew who Iron Man was before exactly. 2007. Ant Man, Ant Man, not even yeah. the first Ant Man. They chose Scott Lang. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, like look at yeah. this. It's Ant Man. After like the mo- <laughs> the worst way you could make Ant Man is like let's develop it for years with a, an excellent director, and then at the last minute shift directions. Just, just get rid of it, <laughs> and we'll see if it works. Yeah, and it works. As, as it's you still can works. see, I'm clearly the cynic of the group. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Until I see it, I will wait and see. I, I will say this, a, a, that is sort of in the vein of what you're saying, Barbara. I I personally don't want to see the current X-Men universe merge with... Oh, absolutely yeah, not. No, I, no. I, I not would, the current X-Men if, universe no. or Fantastic Four. Yeah, no, I think it would... needs to happen like they're doing Spider-Man. What I need to see is mm-hmm. a headline, like I saw today, that says... Uh, Kevin Feige has complete creative control yeah, yeah. of these Which movies. we all yeah. knew, even though Sony was like, no, no, we're completely in control. We're hiring yeah. their guy who's right. in control of everything right. else, but we're, we're completely that's in control. That's at the point where I would yeah. I would disagree with you, Drew, and I would say maybe Fox and Marvel will find a, you know a negotiation if mm-hmm. Fox is like, you know what? Do whatever you do and make us money, and we're okay with that. Yeah. And they're like, okay. But... <laughs> Fox is notorious for being meddling. I know. Maybe du- maybe student. Deadpool taught them a lesson. I don't <laughs> think it did. What, well, you know what? I believe Deadpool is probably teaching them the wrong lesson. Yes. It seems like you it know. Is. I, agree. Yes. I absolutely agree with because yeah. the lesson that you should learn from Deadpool is when you get people who love the character yeah. and you stay and, true to the character and and yeah. you stay true to the character and you you. You put your love into it; mm-hmm. it comes out, and you the lesson, see how the much lesson they learned is <laughs> R-rated movies. That's, exactly. all, that's the only lesson <laughs> they learned. <laughs> that's, that's the same thing after the Matrix. Let's make yeah. R-rated movies, yeah. you know. And then we get Server versus Eck, and we're like, "What <laughs> the hell is this?" You know? <laughs> Wait, uh, man, Server versus Eck was great. What? what? <laughs> what? I never seen. You know? I um, saw it in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> so did I, because I was like, "It's yeah. more more Matrix," and it wasn't. It no. wasn't. Not at all. Even uh, more Matrix wasn't Matrix. No, <laughs> exactly, right? You know, and 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 I believe, wasn't hey, the last was, one like PG thirteen? Okay, the Animatrix was the closest. Was awesome. was yeah, yeah, good. it was it was as close as you can get. Yes. Oh mm. man. <laughs> so you know what? Are there things that you would not cover? So you know, we've got basically the two extremes. We have you know sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and we've got all of these rumors that can possibly go nowhere or everywhere. <laughs> You know, and then how do you guys walk that line between, you know, being a comic book, um, a place where people can come for news and a gossip site? Well, I think that one thing that we have always towed the line with is that uh, while we provide interviews and we provide re- reviews, we are not necessarily a news site. We refrain from posting all of, I mean, we get all of the same press releases mm-hmm. and announcements, that's, th- announcements that everyone receives, but I, I choose and I think it's a group we've chosen not to post them because you can get them everywhere. That's not hard-hitting news, and, and there's absolutely no reason for us to compete with that. Um, where we are expanding is that this year we have expanded our editorials department, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Michelle Brittany, uh, formerly from Bleeding Cool, is now working oh. with us as our editorials manager, and that's where we are moving more towards uh, analytical pieces. So mm. not necessarily just reporting on uh, the news beats and here's what happened today, but we would like to move more towards a vein of comics journalism where there are citations, there is responsibility, there is um, just uh, analytical and and just, I don't know, just a, a, a deeper look into the things that we know and enjoy and also providing education and information of things that uh, need a second look. Well, and even when it comes to the podcast, Bryant usually chooses like, he'll choose one story that's important and tough to talk about and then one that's like, 
they took off the Inhumans, you know, that's... <laughs> Completely geeky. Yeah, right. and then, like, we'll do, like, a scientific advancement story or something like that. So we try to, like, with the podcast, we do four stories. We try to have some diversity to that. Right, and I think with uh, when it comes to exactly, like, the gossip concern exactly, I, w- what we do is we post a lot of uh, other people's stories that are, like, the breaking news stories on our on Facebook pages mm. for the podcast, things like that, so people can kind of keep up in the news. But then we will we'll discuss it in our podcast, and and you know it'll become more than just like reporting like oh this might happen. It becomes like well what would happen if this did happen? Do you want this to happen? You know um, it becomes more of a discussion that you would hopefully have with your friends or find you know find entertaining in some manner. And I think the 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 articles are moving that way too, where um, we almost keep from being a gossip site by not just reporting a, a soundbite or a press release that says, oh, this has happened or rumored to happen. It's more, if we're going to talk about something like that on a site, we'd uh, talk to one of our contributors. It would be assigned in a way that it was like, well, what can you discuss about this or what can you bring to this discussion and enlighten people beyond just like reporting, oh, this is rumored to be happening. So uh, hopefully people find that you know more engaging, more uh, more exciting, and, and it helps us stand out a little bit. We're not just one of a dozen sites that you could go to and just right. see uh, a press release, you know, or something like that. So, so, so I guess um, changing your name is, you know, you guys are symbolically getting more mature, right? So we've got fanboy comics, right? You know, sure. you're, now you're, we're fan men. <laughs> yes, right. You know, from fanboys <laughs> to fan men. Um, you know, but you, you, yeah, you guys have gone from fanboy comics, which you know, um, for the longest time, fanboy. You, you know, uh, is a, a sometimes derisive term. Um, and, you know, the word comics. There are people who are just like, oh, comics? Ugh, yeah. ah. You know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we've ended up doing a lot more than comics, so exactly. we needed something to, like, incorporate yeah. it all. And I, I think that uh, what we all want to stress is that as a company and uh, what we stand for, everything is remaining intact. Mm. Um, our ideals have always been, been towards positivity, inclusiveness, and empowerment. And that is still very much 100% what we're about. But we want that to be clear 100% both um, when people talk with us, when they interact with us, but also on the outside. And so we felt like the term fanboy um, did not clearly demonstrate that. Hmm. And so we wanted something that demonstrated that not only are we fans, but we support fans of all kinds, and we support people of all kinds, and creators of all kinds. And and as Drew mentioned, the changing comics to press, we've done so much beyond comics. We do podcasts, mm-hmm. we do reviews and interviews in different kinds of press, we do event coverage, but we've also, we've published a horror poetry book. We, you know, we're doing audio drama, so it's not just comics, it's it's vast different uh, arrays of uh, entertainment mediums. Well, and, and I do think growing up is, is in some ways a good uh, metaphor. I don't think, as Barbara was saying, the content isn't necessarily shifting in any way, but we outgrew both those things, comics mm-hmm. and fanboy. And it's not to disparage the idea of right. fanboy in any way, because I, I, I love the term fanboy. I don't, we're not going to get to a place where we burn our fanboy comics. <laughs> right. We were never those people. Um, we, those, but they were, are now all collectibles. That's so. true. They're all vintage <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, but those, those, you know, those were exciting times for us. We're moving to the next stage. And, I mean, I mean, to take it back to the story we were discussing at the head of the show, um, I mean, one thing that, I, that, one thing that prompted the change and, and I think is a way that we look at stories like the, the Shelley Bond story and, and the sexual harassment story is a lot of that for, for us becomes uh, discussions about what we're doing as a company and if we're doing the right thing, if we're being as open-minded and inclusive as we can. And... Uh, Fanboy comics. We have we have a very uh, a strong um, uh, female staff. We have a number of uh, uh, contributors who are women. We have always been like that. We've always been focused on uh, female empowerment. Um, I'm someone who's a massive Buffy fan. Ellen Ripley was my hero when I grew <laughs> up. So this was in the DNA of the company. And one thing we had heard that. I was actually shocked by as a guy. I don't know if Barbara uh, felt differently, um, but a lot of the the female staff had told me like, you know, it's, sometimes it's uncomfortable to 
to put out uh, uh, give a card that says fanboy comics you know depending on what environment I'm mm, in okay. it's become such a divisive term that someone might react negatively to it without really knowing what the company represents okay, what yeah. we stand for and so you know we took that under consider- consideration and we were like well why would we maintain that name we can continue to fight and try to get people to change their minds about this but you know why not change it to something that immediately doesn't have that that baggage yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's not just for women it's it's everyone it's members of the lgbtq right. community mm-hmm. i mean we have creators and staff members that are a part of the community and we want to honor them and we want to do right by them and we want to not only intrinsically in our mission and in our efforts and actions show that we support them but uh, outwardly we want to show you know we support you 100 percent. we you are a part of us you are all fans and we we love you for that so so what you're saying is that there's a larger audience than just white straight males. Is that no? I don't. I wouldn't think so. Right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I thought. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll see. Think about it. It's yeah. a phase. I mean, like to be fair, like did, you just got the right to vote. Like maybe, maybe so just excited. right. Like you know, Harriet Tubman's gonna get on the twenty. And you have such exciting right? choices this year. Right? I know. Oh, it's good times. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, we just want to we want to be aware of that. And I, as you, you know, you're clearly, uh, uh, you know, uh, insinuating the <laughs> diversity is something that we all need to be uh, aware of and embracing at this point. I mean, there's so many projects, major films in the last year that have been have uh, succeeded off of their diversity and we could go so much further. So, yeah, who would we be to stand in that way? You know, right. Better damn well not. <laughs> Trust me, we're not. <laughs> um, so, why don't you guys tell us um, what what do you guys have coming up? You know, so we we talked about these projects, but what else? You know, wh- where are you hoping to take uh, your company, your your new company? Hmm. Mars, Mars. Oh, there you go. You already got the logo for it. Yes. Um, I without giving anything away because we can't quite yet. Uh, We have a number of other projects coming up uh, from publishing, many or most of which are female-led. Okay. Um, Very excited about that, not only with the characters involved, but the creators themselves. So very excited about that. Um, Oh, gosh. There are so many exciting Uh, things, but I can't say anything. What we can say is that we have a number of uh, all-ages books that are going to be coming out or, or... some of them might not be completely all ages, but they're geared to our younger audience. Most been, of ours have been a bit more mature. Yeah. So we're, yeah. You know, again, I, I, I have a, whole, a very uh, <laughs> soft spot for the horror genre, and I was co-writer of our first book, writer of the second. So both those are very dark and scary and, and creepy, and uh, that's sort of where we got our foothold. But we've been diversifying the, uh, the book line uh, in regards to genre since the beginning, um, and this is just another step in that. Um, and... Uh, other than that, I mean, there are some exciting things. We, you know, we're, we're dabbling in a number of things. I guess we can't really talk can't about any of them, no. can we? Uh, would, would, would you say that people have to wait and see? They have to wait and see. <laughs> Hashtag wait and see. I Trademark. Will, I will say that um, Christine Chester, who's one of our staff members uh, based in Virginia, uh, she will be heading up an LGBTQ creator interview series. It will be Ooh. a monthly series, so and we'll be spoke, uh, focusing just on creators from the community and uh, the projects they're working on, and just really. Getting giving them a solid platform and voice, awesome. so I'm very excited about that. Uh, we'll have ongoing um, featured series like the Crowdfunding Fridays, which uh, we know that there are a lot of people with crowdfunding campaigns out yes. there, and we're doing our part to really give them a platform as well and highlight their work. Um, we, we also have, um, I, people might already be aware of this, but we have two uh, podcasts that are sort of uh, newer podcasts um, that have been running over the last year and will continue one is um, the Arkham Sessions, which mm, people, right, people yeah. might know, Brian Ward and uh, Dr. Andrea Letamendi. Um, they are uh, just amazing, first off. <laughs> uh, what mm. they do is they watch an episode of Batman the Animated uh, Series, mm-hmm. then they break it down from a psychological perspective. Really? And uh, mm-hmm. it's just great. You get to get into the uh, the mindset of both Batman and his, his rogues gallery. They touch on 
so many topics. And do, do they talk about Heart of Ice? They do. Oh, it's one of their one of their that? biggest one of their biggest episodes. Of course, it is. Uh, yeah, and I think they're maybe like I would say maybe sixty percent, seventy percent through the series at this point. Yeah. Um, do they do every episode they in order? It, they do every they do. episode oh, in order, and so they also good. have done like some extra episodes. They've done some extra episodes. I think they did Mask of the Phantasm, and mm. they've done. Uh, I believe they did a few of the Batman films. I want to say they, they did. did the. Burton, the first Burton film. They also did Batman Returns. And Batman, all right, yeah. So they, they every now and then you get like sort of a little bonus episode. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you're not a huge fan of Batman, or even if you are, the other one that's completely from a, a different, I guess, vein of, of geekdom is uh, Quality Time with Family Ties. Barbara, why don't you talk about mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. So uh, it has three co-hosts. Uh-huh. Uh, my wonderful brother Paul, okay. uh, as well as his friends uh, Corey Pepper and Scott Jones, and similar to the Arkham Sessions, but very, very different. <laughs> very different. Very different. Mm. They uh, watch every episode of Family Ties. Family Ties. Yes, the TV <laughs> show that made Michael J. Fox a star. Alex so, P. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. They go wow. into everything. What's amazing about this podcast, they're very, very funny, all three of them, and their, their charisma with one another is fantastic, but... They are brilliant in the fact that they not only talk about and analyze the themes of the show from a writing perspective, but they also analyze and reference the time period, the political climate of what was going on at that oh, time. Wow. So they really go in-depth as to uh, not only the approach to the show from a writing perspective, but uh, the, an approach to the show from just a, a contemporary point of view. Yeah. So it's also, very interesting. I was on one episode and we discussed the Tommy Westfall universe and how this lies in it. And it, we went into this whole big discussion about if you don't know what the Tommy Westfall universe is, Please research it. It's pretty amazing. Well, and yeah, the, and a great thing about both these podcasts too is you don't need to like it. It was it'll benefit yeah. if you watch the show, but, but you, mm-hmm. you can it's watch it. Not something where you'll be lost if you didn't watch the episode or you've never watched the episode. The way they lead you through, it's just completely digestible and entertaining. So and and I do want to mention in addition to our flagship podcast, which again is going to be uh, the Fanbase Weekly with uh, Drew as well as our co-host Claire. Uh, we also have the Previews Party, which is an amazing mm. monthly podcast, and our co-host. Jason Enright, Scott uh, Rubin, and Amanda Lawson, they go into previews catalog, which is something put out by Diamond every month. It's like a tome, like a 500-page tome. phone book, if you yeah. remember what phone books every are. Every single month of all of the... Uh, Way to go the, with the contemporary reference. Yes, all of the comics and other toys, merchandise that are coming out, and uh, the importance of pre-ordering, because essentially mm. this goes mm-hmm. to all of the retailers, the comic book retailers, yeah. uh, to pre-order items two months in advance. So they not only break down the the 500-page catalog, but they also discuss and educate listeners as to why pre-ordering is important, how it affects the comic book industry, and how it really can change the effect. Just like Drew often talks about with, you know, put your your money where your mouth is. If you don't like a movie, don't spend the money on it. This is kind of the same thing that, you know, if you really want to support a a publisher or a specific creator, pre-order your comics and, you know, how to do so with your comic book shop. Yeah, um, uh, you know, previews has been around since forever. Um, absolutely, you know, if you if there's any creators that you like out there, um, you know, find out what their preview code is. Go to the comic book store. Tell them, hey, I need this preview code. Please order it for me, and um, they will they will order it for you. And that is how small little independent bookstores, uh, um, I mean, comic book creators can get their work out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's also like as Barbara was saying, it's like a great way. Like we're talking about this DC uh, fiasco. If you really don't want to, uh, you know, support DC and you have you want to put that money into other comics, this is a great way to look at like, oh, who's telling stories that I do want to support or I mm-hmm. want to make sure are, are getting the message that there's people out there, an audience for them. Uh, it's really important. Um, and and if you're having any trouble or confused, just Listen go to, to the yeah, go to the previews party, party and uh, <laughs> it'll it'll. Uh, Clear all that up. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, an hour goes by so fast these days. Thank you for having me. Um, no, I mean it's it's always a pleasure to get to to have you guys on. I, I remember when you guys came up to me with your little your little black and white vampire book, <laughs> and you know I yep. believe I still have a copy of it at home. And <laughs> you guys also as, absolutely, <laughs> um, you know. So I think it's awesome that you know we've gone from there 
to hear and how you guys have basically just been empowering creators and getting the word out there and I think that is super awesome. Thank you, sir. So, thank you. you know, um, thanks for coming on. Uh, tell us once again who you are and where we can find your work. Sure, I'm Barbara from Fanbase Press mm -hmm. and you can find me on Twitter at Barbara J. Dillon. Uh, you can find uh, Fanbase Press at fanbasepress.com starting on May 2nd uh, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. And I'm on Twitter at Comic Book Slayer. Uh, I'm Drew Saragusa, and um, Drew don't, hates don't, social media. Don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Follow him on Twitter. No. <laughs> Send him messages. He's at messages. Fanboy Drew, and everyone uh, at should fanboy follow him. Drew. At Fanboy Drew. Yes. I don't right. post. <laughs> you don't post. And that is why everyone, you, you and Vito, <laughs> you, know, you, guys, you guys are there together. Uh, not posting, yes. um, accumulating followers. <laughs> uh, well, thank guys, thank you so much. Um, next next month, um, we will be talking Civil War, oh, which wow. comes out in a week. We will have Clayton Thomas, um, uh, Spence Griffith, and uh, uh, Stefano Terry. Um, oh, they Stefano. Yes, yes, Stefano's great. Um, I can't wait for him to make an announcement. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, yes, you can find us, well, if you're watching on Facebook, thank you very much. Uh, we, you will be able to see us here every month. Um, you can watch us, uh, you can download our episodes on iTunes. Um, uh, we will be at... Nope, can't make that announcement yet. Uh, I believe... <laughs> something. You're yes, going to see we, something. We'll be somewhere. Yes. Uh, we will continue Look to exist. Us. Look for us everywhere uh, at fine retail stores. Um, thank you. This has been Comics on Comics, the show where the greatest comic minds meet the greatest minds in comics. Comics on Comics.